them come. This is their fate. All right, all right. Welcome back to the House of Wolves podcast. I am your host, Deontay, here with my near and dear friends, Jalen and Josh. We got a couple topics for you guys today. We're going to be talking about a few things. I need like a soundboard to give me some music popping so I get the energy up, energy up, energy up. All levels, energy up, but I, I ain't got no soundboard or nothing like that right now. At least I ain't made nothing for this podcast. But I, yeah. I think I'm think I'm gonna do that for the next episode. Any who's uh, before we get started, as usual, like I said, we got some topics. Even though it was a slow, it was a slow week this week. Honestly, I mean, we have plenty of stuff from last week we could talk about, but this week was a little bit slower. Um, but yeah, what's been going on? Let's go. Um, let's go, Jalen first. Switch it up. Everything been straight. Um, I know I said last week I had put down that Emerald Kaizo game, and I picked it back up, bro. I'm going to be big week for and keep it pushing. But other than that, though, uh, everything, <laughs> everything been smooth. I, I low-key started thinking about doing some uh, some surveys for some money for Sonic Frontiers and stuff like that. But I'm like, man, nah, these surveys kind of stupid, bro. I'm going to different pay grade now. So, um, yeah. But no, nah, like I said, I ain't been playing nothing for real, for real. Um. I was thinking about getting my Steam Deck set up. I thought about that yesterday. And I'm waiting for Sonic Frontier to drop, man. I know y'all is, too. That's all right. Y'all ain't got to say nothing because I know how excited y'all is. So it's cool. Don't say nothing else about it. I'm actually looking forward to, to trying it. I want to I wanna see how good or bad it is. But, I mean, I ain't, I ain't got too much faith in it, but I'm, I'm interested. Bad. You saying too much, man. That game can't even be bad, bro. You gotta stay excited for it. Be excited. I mean, I, I didn't buy Sonic Forces because it was it was not good, but I hear Sonic fans like it, so I'm Sonic very cool. indifferent. I'm very uh, indifferent Forces, on this though. Game. Wasn't that the one, last one that came out? Which Sonic game? I don't know what he's talking about. Created what? Sonic? No, that's he not told, Sonic. He said Sonic Forces, right? Yeah, Sonic Forces was a real game, buddy. Wasn't that like a year ago? With, with the grapple hook? No, oh, that ain't a game, bro. That was a demo. <laughs> don't, don't even get me started on Sonic Boom. Rise of the Lyric. Yeah. That, that, that. <laughs> no, that couldn't yeah. be a Sonic game. The last Sonic game came out was like Sonic yeah. Adventure 2. Or, no, nah. Sonic Generation. Uh, that's the last one, bro. Yeah, oh, the other ones ain't. I'm not games. So, yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah, you can try to get away with that. You can't get away with that for real. Uh, you can't no, shoot no bill. But I'm glad you're happy about a game. I think um, Sonic Frontiers, I'm indifferent right now. I just kind of want to see how it goes. And um, I was planning on, like I said, playing on the Steam Deck because it might be something I can um, get for a little bit cheaper at, at some point. But I don't know if I'm by day one just yet, but I am looking forward to trying that game out because the stuff that they have shown, combat, all the other stuff, it looks actually cool. So I was like, okay, I can get I can get used to the popping in a little bit if it's still running mm-hmm. at 60, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, but what about they got it on the Steam Deck? They gonna have it on yeah, it's on, it's gonna be on Steam. Yeah, it's on PC. Anything that's on Steam. Ideally, you should be able to be played. Yeah. Steam Deck. Steam Deck, Steam Deck. Yeah. Yes. yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to set mine up just for that because I, I definitely need that on the go. Yeah. 
I think it's a, I think it'd be one of those cool games to have on the go, especially when you like have a lot of collectibles. Is that game coming out on the Switch? It is coming out. I suppose come out on the Switch. Yeah, I'm gonna run it twenty five. Yeah, I'm not like I definitely said. not playing that on the Switch. We are gonna talk <laughs> about that Switch hardware for sure. Like it's we'll talk we'll get to it though for sure. Like the Switch hardware, we'll get to it. Um, anything else, Jalen? Anything else on the mind? Anything else you've been doing? <clears throat> I was going to ask you, Jalen, are you, um, interested in, uh, what's the new Pokemon game? Scarlet? I've been seeing a bunch of, like, stuff about it and stuff, but I ain't, Pokemon been, like, too easy, and they, the way they, I don't know, man, especially after playing that, that, that fake Pokemon game or the hack Pokemon game and stuff like that, I'm just like, man, I don't know if I want to play these other games and they they got another one another hack that i was watching i'm mad to do it on facebook keep popping up on the live stream and i really be sitting there watching some of his stuff because he'd be on there getting caught um <laughs> like you hear this elitist no but like no he, he he good at the game and it, but it's just like some of the tactics just be like you really be have to run the cheese tactics and stuff because they be it it just be a lot going on like it, it's worse than like emerald kaiser or whatever but um I, I just be like, I don't know how I can play these other games because I'd be looking at all the Pokemon and because that game is a hack when they brought a lot of the Pokemon in there from like Generation 8 and moves and they'd be having moves like Nuzzle and Zippy Zap and I'd just be looking like, man, I don't know none of these moves no more. But I'd be having, a, when you playing a game, I'd be having to pause and look up some of the moves and see what they do and stuff. And I'm just like, if I go play Scarlet and Violet or whatever... I'm going to be doing the same thing because stuff going to carry over from, I think it's like the last one, Generation 8, maybe. Yeah. And they probably going to, they might have some of those, her, her Russian forms or something, stuff from like Arceus version and stuff like that. Or uh, Arceus Legends or whatever that movie game card. So I'm just like, I ain't, I don't even, I'm not, basically, all I say, all that to say, I'm not inclined to play the game because I feel like I'm so far behind the curve with Pokemon. Like I ain't even be Sword and Shield and, all the moves yeah. and everything that be going on and you got birds eating Pikachu's and all that type of stuff. I'm just like, I'm not going to play that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, the it's games, the games sound like a, uh, the games sound like a chore to play for sure. For sure. Uh, okay. Well, um, what about you, Josh? What you been um, doing? What you been up to? Uh, not much this week. Uh, mostly family stuff. Um, coming up on the month. Well, actually, it was just a month. Uh, yesterday for uh our our kid. Uh, oh so yeah. We um, I mean, we've mostly been at home just because we don't have much uh to do other than you know uh take care of the baby. Mm-hmm. But now that she's a month, you know, we'll we'll try to go out more um uh together. And uh, you know, see Japan. We haven't been able to uh, travel much. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, just um, uh, plugging away at Overwatch. Um, they got the trash Halloween event right now, and I'm just trying to finish the battle pass. And um, still, still enjoying um, Arkham Knights. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> yeah. and. Um, Otherwise, I was looking at Steam for like other Halloween game, like other horror games since they got the Halloween sale. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't bought anything because I already have all the Resident Evil games. I haven't even played them. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Like, it depends because like a lot of survival horror games, like 
are meant to be difficult and I don't want to cheat them, but they're very time consuming. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Everything is in. And that's another one of our topics. Time consumption on these games, bro. We don't have time for it. <laughs> uh, so, we got to be very selective. But, uh, yeah. Honestly, I've been just playing ba- uh, Apex Legends trying to get, even though I said I'm done with it. I'm trying to get to the 100 so I can get the um, reactive skin for the triple take. And um, I'm at like 91. Um, I feel like I'm just going to buy the rest of the class. I ain't going to hold you. But if I got time, I'll do it. Um, but if not, I'm probably going to just go ahead and throw them, a little, throw, throw them a little something for the rest of it. Because I don't feel like playing the game. That's how much I don't feel like playing it. I usually don't ever do that. But I just don't feel like it. But anyways, um, Call of Duty dropped. I'm supposed to be picking that up this weekend. I was supposed to get that earlier last week when they had like the campaign. But I was like, bro, I'm not paying sixty that much for a six-hour campaign. That I'm probably not going to even enjoy. So I said, wait until the game comes out. And then I can buy a physical and return it. But then... Uh, my uh, uh, option for me to get my Series S that I wanted for the living room has a, has has come up, so I might end up doing that instead. Depends, really. I think the Series S is going to be heavily discounted on Black Friday, and it's going to be a lot of stuff happening there, so I might just try to wait a little bit longer. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of discounts, and the Series S is probably... The one that's going to be heavily discounted because it's the cheaper device and it's probably the one that's going to get the most adaption because it is, again, a entry level, good all over all around console. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I've been up to. Apex Legends. Um, I did pop in Plague Tales a little bit and um, that's actually really pretty game. I didn't think it was going to be that nice looking, but. It's like really good texture wise, a lot of like finer details I didn't expect, like even on Horizons or uh, Forbidden West level. I was like, Jesus, this game is, I mean, obviously it's not animations aren't there because they don't, I don't think they use mocap, but uh, outside of, you know, animation, like true, like animation work or uh, mocap work, the game looks really good. So, and it's fun to play. It's interesting. I'm, I'm playing it through, um, not that far into it, but I was just playing it last night, and uh, I actually enjoy it. So I'm gonna keep playing that and see if um, if I can beat it before God of War come out. Uh, but that's pretty much all I've been up to. Uh, anything? Let's move on. Actually, let's just move straight into our topics for today. Uh, we got a few things, but we're gonna start. Let's start at. Josh, let's go back to you. I'm gonna keep it, keep it uh, structured that way. Let's go to Gotham Knights. Have you been planning any updates for us? Um, I know that Digital Foundry uh, video just dropped the technical review, or at least what the what is the PC problem? I was wondering if yeah. you had those stutter problems when you first booted it up. Uh, I, I did, um, but I. So I noticed it for sure when I was uh, riding in the the bike because um, that's like the worst performing part of the game and there's nothing you can really do about it. Um, so that w- that came up. Um, 
the main thing is like I have a pretty decent uh, PC, so I can get 60 FPS even with the ray tracing on. But the thing that you can't get around is whenever you're traveling in the open world, at some point it has to load the next part of the city, and that is going to cause a hitch and drop your frame rate to like half of what it is. And that's unavoidable, even if you like, for me, even if I turn the ray tracing off, I turn all the settings to lowest and stuff like that. And so Digital Foundry did a good breakdown of why that is. And that's uh, good to know, at least, because I feel like my PC is fine. But when I played on the Steam Deck, like it's the performance is not like really where I want it to be. Like at least trying to get it like mostly 30 and it's, it's not hitting that. And it seems like there's not much you can do on the PC user side because, you know, you can make a lot of tweaks and stuff and try to, like, push the system to to do it. But Mm -hmm. uh, for the Steam Deck, at least, that's not going to change until the developers patch it. They've, you know, did their little comment and they said, we know we got PC performance issues. We're going to be working on it. Um, But who knows how long uh, that will take or if it will ever actually be fixed. The second part is, though, since I am planning on PC, uh, mods for the game have been coming out, uh, which I was surprised because like they come came out like the day after the game came out, and they're actually pretty interesting ones. Like uh, one that I got was like it improves all the rain in the game. Like there's more rain, there's more fog. Uh, all of the surfaces are look look better. Um, and there was another graphics one that. I'm forgetting, but like the rain one is like a really, really good one because like um, originally Digital Foundry compared it to Arkham Knight, which had really good rain and really good water effects and stuff like that. And so this is not at the same level as like Arkham Knight, but it it puts it at a much closer um, to it and it makes the game look a lot nicer because um, at least, you know, if it's performing badly, <laughs> it, it should at least look good. Uh, right. but yeah uh, other than that like I've just been playing it running around it's like for me turn off my brain do a couple crimes and then when I want to do the story missions the story missions have been uh, pretty good um, I like the because like I compared it to the Avengers I know it's not mm-hmm. like a fully online game stuff like that but the Avengers like every story mission felt like filler there was no like story content the characters didn't really do much it was just, you know, go here, unlock the, this safe, get the item, and leave. And mm-hmm. it was not very interesting, even though they had, like, um, you know, high-quality cutscenes. Gotcha. But this, at least, it feels like each uh, story mission, like with Harley Quinn, you're going to see a lot of Harley Quinn. You're going to hear about what she's doing, what she's been up to, stuff like that. And it, it's at least more interesting on that level where you can see all the same Batman villains and stuff that you're interested in. So have um, you hit the grind yet at all or no? Like what's that grind feel like right now? Is it like is have you hit a hard stop wall kind of like um where you have to go out and you know do any um extra missions on the side or have you been kind of just playing it naturally and being able to progress through everything without hitting a hard stop? So me I'm playing doing it naturally but since I'm used to open world games, I know that you should kind of do as much side content as possible and then move on to the story stuff. Because if uh, you push through the story, you're going to hit a wall. And like, like for example, Harley Quinn, I did her her second quest and I was at level 10. And then 
on my quest list, the next one was level 18. I was like, oh, I know if I jump right into it, then I'm going to have trouble because the enemies are going to be bullet sponges uh, or punch sponges, whatever you want to call it. But I wasn't planning on going directly into it. I wanted to go around, you know, meet the new NPCs that popped up in the world, do do new quests and stuff like that. So I haven't uh, run into it. But one thing that I do know mm-hmm. is that the main story, you know, is about the um, the Court of Owls, uh, which are kind of like, you know, a secret society of like ninjas or whatever in the Batman world. Right. <laughs> but I know that those enemy types, like I've seen people complain about them, like they're very you like like you gotta use elemental attacks and they dodge a lot and stuff like that. So I'm kind of avoiding pushing that like story quest because <laughs> I don't wanna unlock them yet until like I'm ready. You're so right. yeah, it's there is a grind. I'm trying to play it smartly. Ideally you wouldn't have to worry about that at all. You just play the game however you want. But mm-hmm. Since I know it is a grind, I'm trying to prepare myself for it. Um, okay. So if but you yeah, it's, do a review it's, it's in no progress, than like, mm-hmm. what would you rate it between on a scale to 1 to 10 review in progress style? Uh, I don't know. I I think the the content of the game, like I'm not going to compare it to like Spider-Man or something like that. It's more akin to like Avengers or like Destiny. Avengers, I would have gave it like a five. This, I would say like a seven. But the performance of like the PC version or the console version will probably drop it down uh, lower. Gotcha. But yeah, so it is a step up in the right direction. Before by then, then the Avenger standard, it's more of the technical issues bogging it down. So if it was no technical issues, it'll probably be like a B B game, like a B plus something like that. Um, yeah okay well i can get behind that like i said when patches and stuff like that maybe it's something i play uh maybe they have better content later on Um, one thing i want to mention because you mentioned animations yeah um like you probably seen the videos but like the animations in the game are the my favorite part because you know you you sneak around you take down enemies and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. this game has like I feel like 50 different like variations for each character for like uh, different takedowns. Take oh. Yeah, and they're all like really good. Like you'll drop down on them, throw them on the ground, and then it'd be like, you know, the Batman games used to do slow motion before you knock them out. But mm-hmm. it actually looks really, really polished. And it's like my favorite thing about sneaking around and knocking out people because how well they did on all the animations. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. that speaks that they had some people. I just think that they really screwed up the technical spark part, part, uh, part of the game, and which caused it to get a bad reaction. And and now it's kind of in this weird space. But I hope that with updates, the grind becomes lessened, or at least it's more of a worthy um, path, like kind of like, you know, how Cyberpunk redid their system. Or maybe even Avengers kind of want to tone back theirs. And then um, also providing a... Because you want to have it... You want your rewards to be fun. Kind of like Borderlands 3. They give you abundance of guns because they want you to always feel like you're earning something. I just feel like they should have that 
and incorporate it in there, you know, a little bit better from what I've what I've seen. I haven't played it, so I can't go from that standpoint. From what I've seen, it looks it's not that. And um, you do get a lot of cool stuff later on, but it takes a while for you to unlock this stuff. And um, more so, the technical stuff just need to be squashed. And I think it'd probably be a B plus game. And at that point, mm-hmm. um, trying it won't be such an endeavor. Um, but we can't get yeah. past the technical. We can't get past that the at even the co op experience isn't the greatest, and the fact that it's a little bit of a grindy game, I just can't get past it just yet. But thirty dollars, yeah, definitely wait on it. Um, I feel like this game is definitely going to be on sale for Black Friday at thirty dollars. It might be worth it, but hopefully they would have improved it at, uh, by that point, anyways. But we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but speaking of that, and I wanted to kind of switch gears straight into our next topic, but it's kind of similar and, uh, the same thing. Uh, we're talking about technical reviews for gaming. I know last week we kind of mentioned that we were talking about technical issues in gaming, but now I want to talk about the emphasis of how important the technical review has become. Um, it, it has become like this staple. Um, and that's really the 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 rise of digital foundry you can just look at that is kind of as if it was like this back thing okay yeah we had watched this after we watched our main review but now it is i'm watching the technical review before i watch any other review because they're unbiased they're talking facts they don't really give you a a, a, a they don't really they, they might give you their personal opinion but it's not a formal review right it's more of a mm-hmm. just simply how does the game run and the technical marvel that it can be. So you can tell by Digital Foundry's um, inspection how much effort a company has put into their game, making it worthy of your time. Obviously, everybody's fighting for time, and you don't want to be, yeah, you don't, you don't want to kind of give that time away for, 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 for anything that's not worthy of your, that you don't deem worthy. So, technical reviews have been pushed to the 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 limelight and uh, in a way that it hasn't been that way before uh with that being said have i guess i i i i just throw it out there do do you guys currently watch technical reviews and really when did you when did you guys first start to watch technical reviews if you do um yeah, I, I mean, I watch most of um, all the stuff Digital Foundry puts out uh, because uh, performance coverage is spotty. Like every now and then, if it's bad, you might see something from IG and they'll, they'll mention it. Or, uh, or really, you'll see uh, somebody get the game early on YouTube and they're posting about it and talking about performance. And like uh, that's always good to know because unfortunately developers or publishers keep that stuff a secret because that will deter people from playing your game if it runs poorly, especially for like ports. Because uh, I've seen it a lot on Switch games, you know, it's here we got Sonic Forces and it's on PS4, it runs great, and IGN review it, they give it like a whatever out of ten, um, but they don't go into detail that oh on the Switch version it's half the frame rate and half the time the textures don't load and mm-hmm. uh 
it's missing DLC and stuff like that. And so, like, sub, for me, it was like 720p resolution. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that. Uh, for me, it was to know, like, those finer details. Like, if I'm, oh, I'm going to buy Prey, like, where should I buy it? Should I buy it on PS4 or Xbox? Mm-hmm. Because, like, I want to know, you know, I'm, my $20 is well spent because a lot of times there's no refund, or if it is, you got to go spend your time trying to get the your refund or your or whatever mm-hmm. uh so yeah and now that i play pc like it's it's kind of mandatory to to know not well i'll say it's mandatory to know how the game is performing before you buy it but good thing at least with steam they offer the the two-hour refund so i feel a little more comfortable but any console game like i i would definitely wait till the game comes out and they give it like a review um because i I also like watch their podcast where they talk a little bit about like their process and what i at least appreciate about them is that um they are trying to like a lot of reviewers purposely don't um mention the performance because they they'll feel bad if the uh day one patch comes out and it fixes stuff whereas like digital foundry at least they they'll always put that stuff in the review still mm-hmm. uh regardless of if it's going to get passed or not and then most of the time they'll do like a second or third video if they need to um but i appreciate that at least because you can't always rely on a day one patch and um yeah day one patches like- don't fix anything and the fact that they will even delay their review to kind of make sure that they get all the information impossible. It's kind of cool too. I think they did that recently with um, Uncharted, with the Uncharted review that they did, or at least the technical review that they did. They had to wait Mm -hmm. for the day one patch. It fixed a few things, but it didn't fix everything. And they were kind of, they were going to, they were going to basically rag on it more than they did. Um, Mm -hmm. But that is, that is now the norm. And I, and I think that's, they do, Companies do that on purpose now because they want that first week of sales to still go as well as possible. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think I think us as consumers have become conditioned to just wait because it doesn't make sense to buy it day one unless you're just those, you know, fanatic fans. Obviously, they don't want to deter those people. But I don't like the practice of lying and hiding things to try to make sure your 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 game uh, becomes pop or is bought and becomes popular. Like that Uncharted game that they launched, it was probably one of the worst selling ones based off of Steam play hours um, or, or Steam peak uh, game gaming or people that was actually playing the game. It was like the worst launch, like God of War, all of the other ones. They is gone. Everything else was better, but obviously the Uncharted co- collection is like a very old game. Um, people, if people wanted to play it, they probably would have played it already. But at the same time, you could say the same thing for God of War. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think technical reviews have a significant impact now, and I think they know it. And that's where I wanted to kind of uh, give Digital Foundry its flowers honestly, because they were the first to kind of do it on a high level, uh, like a really high level um, and kind of broke it down for the average person, like all these technical terms and uh, everything um, like 
it's just something that you can go in, you can be, you can be educated, learn something and make a better decision. And I appreciate them for doing that. Obviously then there, there has become like news outlets are starting to pick up on that. This is content that people want to see. So you obviously you saw IGN go with, um, and I keep forgetting his name. He was a YouTuber before they went with him and they were trying and they dare now have an arm for technical reviews. So not just mm-hmm. a um, standard review. They're actually doing a technical analysis on the game. So obviously it's important and it's significant enough for you to, you know, build that out on in your news coverage. So um, I just want to give him a little appreciate you because uh, I think it's really important. Um, and as we go on and move forward, now that we're kind of getting into the part of the generation where we're only going to be dealing with new gen um it's it's going to get worse or (laughs) worse as in like the hide uh, because you know everybody thought that you know that these consoles weren't they they weren't going to be able to do anything through the gotham knights but if you watch those videos that will prove you wrong that these games some games will be able to run at 60 i'm not saying all games but gotham knights isn't the it's definitely not the benchmark. So um, it just it's just nice to have that additional coverage that you don't really get anywhere else. I don't see it anywhere. I mean, I don't see it in that, that level just yet. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's people out there doing analysis and things like that. But on that high of a level with the type of content that they put out at that pedigree, it's like it's very, very few. So, yeah. Um Technical reviews, though. Um, is there something to be said about the favoritism? <laughs> like, is there? Do you do you sometimes feel as if you know when they have a good partnership with a brand or a company? Or do you kind of feel like they always have been this unbiased conversation? I'm not saying that that digital foundry in itself, but I feel like sometimes some people that even have like small reviews, they will minimize the impact of the technical aspect of it because they might have a relationship or they want to hold a relationship or it's not as bad for them in their opinion. But I know when it comes to technical reviews, you're supposed to be a little bit more unbiased and really focused solely on the facts. So is there something to be said there or do you not feel that at all? Um, I mean, I think there I can see that happening. I don't feel it as much with Digital Foundry, maybe specific reviewers there, but I think generally uh they try to be um, objective, like this is how the frame rate runs. This is the comparison between the, you know, the settings. And so that at least you have the objective data to support it. And then when they go on to their own personal opinion, it's like, oh, I don't yeah. like the motion blur in this game uh, and stuff like that. Or uh, Forza does motion blur better than Gran Turismo and stuff like that. Like when they make that, those statements, uh, they have some data to back it up. So if I want to, you know, believe it or not, that's up to me. But 
at least it's not just like completely just like you know their opinion uh but yeah with technical stuff a lot of it does come down to preference because like you know some people don't want to play the game at 60 fps it has to be 140 or whatever and like the and at that point that's personal opinion it's not objective um but so far i think digital foundry has been okay um but I can see it with like other sites that, you know, not to rag on IGN, but of course they, they're kind of like the biggest and they have a lot of relationships with these publishers and they, at some point they have to play like fair ball with them to like not dog uh, Sony out when they drop God of War and it doesn't run the best, uh, you know, for example. Um, uh, so that that's that there, but. I don't know. So not is there really, anything that you see? Really um, no, that's why that's where I kind of wanted to just position the question because I don't see it right now. And if it is there, well, kind of like a it's like a disclaimer, right? They, they like actually say this is my opinion. I think it's a fantastic game. I I I I. It's like not like a. It's not more of a. Now they, this is a statement. You mentioned it. Uh, what did IGN give a give Elden Ring? Went like a nine and a half or something like I that. I think it was like a. T- I thought I thought it was almost a ten on that one, but it could have been. Yeah, nine. I'm pretty sure. Like, I, my memory's foggy, but I'm pretty sure that they praised the game. They talked big up the game. They did not talk much at all about the technical issues. Yeah. And for me, like it was fine. Like I had a VR display and stuff like that. But Elder Ring does have like bad frame really bad technical issues and like definitely enough to drop a whole point off the game so if they gave the game a 10 it's not a 10 on any platform based on its performance like uh you know you i feel like you got to drop it down <laughs> to a nine because it doesn't run well um I think, you can yeah. say like personal preference like it didn't run that bad for me but at least acknowledge like yeah the game is in the 40s a lot of time and there's nothing you can do about it. Do you think that technical information should be on the game review itself? Because it's it it, it is embodying the whole game. But I guess do you think it should be separate or it should be there? Like that it should be taken into account on the game review. Uh, uh, I don't know. Cause like, I guess the counterpoint that like um, Breath of the Wild, like you know, also one of IGN's highest rated games. And I think it is a really good game, regardless of its technical issues. Mm. Like, for me, the frame rate didn't bother me because I was just having so much fun with the game. And then eventually when they fixed the frame rate, it, you know, solidified, like, yeah, this is a a great game. Um, It depends, because I feel like technical issues absolutely can impact the game. Mm. Um, But I guess you have to use your judgment. It's like, well, the game, beyond the technical issues... Is still an amazing game. You should play it. Or does the technical issues take actively take away from the game? Yeah, I think um, I think I get. I guess it varies. My opinion is that it varies. Uh, sometimes if it's like, um, like Bayonetta three, right now, it's it's not that it's not the game is not playable. It's the fact that the game 
runs on a bad system at at a, at a very t- like average. It's not even. It's like average for you know Nintendo Switch to have a resolution of eight eight ten p. Um, and I just I can't get busy with it right now. I can't I can't do that. It's not it's not good enough for me. But you can play the game and run it. They will have drop frames. You will have to deal with once you get close to an enemy, the frames will drop. Um, but overall, the experience is still sound. I think when the, when the experience breaks like a Gotham Knights where you can't play it and it feels as if there is too many technical issues to the point where your your experience is being hindered, not only from a visual standpoint but you literally can't it's like breaking game mechanics that is really mm-hmm. where it comes down to like a like a problem and honestly gotham knights if i put it in that light is probably just as or if not just as bad as a bayonetta 3 it's just simply because we are used to playing these fast-paced games open world games at 60 that we um, are having a problem with it. But overall, those drops and those frames, it probably is just as common on Bayonetta 3 as it is in Gotham Knights, yet Gotham Knights get a lot of flack. So I'm trying to figure yeah. out where people are deciding that one thing is better than the other. I think the technical prowess of how you get something running on a switch versus how you get something running on the xbox series x with way more power comes into play and it comes into effect but in reality those games have the same exact issues it's just that one is more fun than the other like the fun of the game makes it makes it okay and that's where i kind of felt like um they have to be more and I think Digital Foundry, like I said, I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying that. And we're going to move on because we're going a little far. But um, I'm just saying that that it's in itself is something that we could probably have a better, more, you know, vivid discussion about. Because that is truly the difference. One game is fun. One game is mediocre. So, um, and, and, that, and that's all subjective, too. So. Really, where is the hate coming from? I just, I have to know because they didn't, Bayonetta said nothing about their performance, put it out, people love it, and and that's what gives, that's what, that's what encourages these other companies to do the same because if they hide it and it's a good game, then nobody cares. But if they hide it and it's a bad game, then everyone cares. So I think it gives them incentive to hide um, behind that. So uh, that's why I really like it when people allow, you know, embargoes to 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 release a week beforehand. Like God of War, because they know your product good. So um, that gives me a lot of faith. Uh, anything before we move on, Jalen? Got like two minutes before we had to move to the next one. Hopefully that Sonic run well. Yeah, JBZ, you on the road again? While JBZ's on the road to um his next destination, he might be having some technical issues. 
So we're going to keep it pushing. Um, we're going to go next to which technical reviews kind of same thing. It's kind of going into another topic about it, but it's, it's really not the same, but it ties into everything we've been talking about already. And that's just having the time to play games, like managing it, putting emphasis on the games that you really going to want to play and not just throwing, throwing anything at the wall because your time no longer allows you to. And that's a part of growing up, of course, but some people have more time than others so they can shoot bail for games more than others. But truly, when you get to a place where your schedule is made for you before you know it, um, you have to kind of start to um, be very selective on the types of games you play. Um, Speak on that a little bit. What do you think about time and the games and really i guess that impact on your decision to play a certain game has it made you feel a little bit sad i guess maybe uh disappointed that you don't have the time to play stuff that you might want to try but it's just not going to be enough time in a day or have you always kept that same energy around those types of games where you're very selective on what you wanted to play anyway uh yeah, I feel like this this is a better one uh, for Jalen to take just because I feel like I'm a little bit more flexible. Whereas, like, if I'm I'm a, first, I'm gonna reach search a game, and if I'm interested enough in it, I will make time for it. And I usually play a couple um, a couple different games at the same time, uh, but I try to manage my time between them equally so I can like finish them in like reasonable amount of time um so i actually have a i say i have very few games that i start that i don't finish uh because if it's something i'm iffy about i'm not even gonna try it so for example destiny had their last season and i heard like you know pretty pretty decent uh impressions from destiny players and like all right is this a good chance to jump in try it out and for me, I decided it's not because it, with my experience with Destiny is that it doesn't respect my time. And there are a lot of games that don't respect your time, like Multiverses. This is a game that I like, but it doesn't respect my time as far as like the Battle Pass. And it's like axing double of what other games are axing uh, for like time investment wise. So I'm not even going to touch it until they, they figure it out. Um, so... Yeah, you. I think you have to be selective, especially with online games. I feel like online games are worse uh, when it comes to time commitment than um, single player games because single player games do have a like actual end, and it's pretty reasonable. Sometimes a game, you know, it could have been like two, three hours shorter, but it's uh, at least quantitative. Whereas like um, Destiny. It's never ending, and because they want you to like spend as much time on the game as possible, uh, the game is—I feel like the game is actively working against you to be able to play optimally, um, and that's something I, I don't like. Uh, yeah, and, and maybe I, Destiny is not the the best example. It's just that's my experience with it in the past. But like, yeah, right. a lot of online games—that's how they treat you. What was your? Um... 
what was your favorite game, I guess, to play over the last 20 years? Or 10 years? Even five years? Like, well, I'm trying to think of, like, the games that I truly enjoyed, right? And I'm trying to mm-hmm. think of whether or not those games were very much similar in style or if they were varied. Because I, I'm, I'm, I want to get to a point where we're kind of having a conversation around the impact of being selective with gaming and not having the ability to just try new things and how it's been conditioning developers to create very similar formats of gaming that can become where we all feel like we have a million games to play, but we only want to play like two of them mm-hmm. because they follow a similar format that maybe the others do not. And I dropped my thingy, so let me get that. And put it back on. But that's where I want to get to. I want to get to uh, that conversation. So, I mean, if you could think about it, um, I don't don't, don't like Um, going to the 10 out of 10 list or like best review games. But the games that I truly enjoyed were very formula. They, they were formulas uh, outside of Final Fantasy. Um, I feel like they had like a lot of similarities to other games um, that I really enjoy, like Witcher 3, then going into Zelda. These games were open, freeform. You can kind of create your own path. Minecraft, um, like these create your own destiny type games, uh, create your own style of play. They are, they are kind of, um, they gave you, they gave you freedom, but they didn't at the same time where it was like restrictive in some places, but it was a lot of games that kind of came out over this time period that I'm kind of trying to rush it back to my head as games. that I was like, oh, I love play. I love playing this game. I love playing this game. I love playing this game. They all have some sort sort of open worldness. They all have some type of freedom to run around and do things that you like, but at the same time, everyone's trying to copy it, and it causes the the market to become saturated, and you no longer have the time to push through the muffle to get to the games that are truly good, versus not. And that's my thought process behind the whole. Yes, I I have to be more selective. But it also creates a gaming. It, 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 it creates a field of games that look very similar to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I mean, and that could be just my take. I don't know. I'm just kind of talking out loud about what does that impact of, you know, having not having time and being very selective have on the conditions of the gaming community, gaming market and developers in itself. I think, um, yeah, it would be a a good conversation. I think at least there is a, uh, incentive for each type of genre to find a way to like hook people. Um, cause I won't say my favorite games, but I'll say the games I spent the most time on, like over the last generation or so have a lot of similarities and those are usually like uh monster hunter final fantasy 14 warframe 
in which I play a lot of games like Destiny and I put a lot of time in it, but then I I fall off of those because they don't have what I'm personally looking for, which is like clear um, rewards and objectives on how to get it. Like if you want, you know, this sword, you go kill this dragon, mm-hmm. take the thing to this person and do this and you, you have it. Uh, whereas a lot of other games, like there's randomness to it or you got to redo the thing like 20 times before you get it. That I don't enjoy as much, but the games that I do gravitate towards, like the ones I mentioned, they do follow a formula where the objectives and how to get them are clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because of that, I can spend like hundreds or thousands of hours in those games because I feel like I'm always progressing in a, a positive way and getting what I want. And it's not like time wasted. Um, and I don't think that works for every game. Um, but a lot of games on those genres where it's like maybe fighting bosses or stuff like that, they follow follow that similar formula or they try to um, because it, it just works. And yeah, everything has an RPG element. Everything has a role playing element and everything has like um, like some form of way that you feel like you can impact the world, even though it's cookie cutter at some points where like some games do it really good. And then others just dilute it to the point where it's not, doesn't matter what you say or do. And it feels mm-hmm. as if they're trying to create a shell of a game that they have seen become popular. And it, it, it's like, they're tr- trying to add, they're trying to trick you into thinking that it's the package that you want when truly mm-hmm. it's not. Because and then, and then everyone loses focus, and now we no longer have those unique games like EA Big or um, arcade type games. Everybody is trying to real build an RPG or something yeah. that has those shells of other games that were super popular and and did very well. They're trying to now incorporate that into their game, and we're left with games that are pretenders and very much so not completely well thought out or done um when you're like well what what happens to story games and people feel like that's like a it's like a buzzword what happened to story games nothing happened to story games it is the what it is what we have been conditioned to kind of you know interact with we we want these certain elements to be available um and if Mm -hmm. if these available elements aren't there we we kind of write it off so um there's a lot to go into that, but there's that's really what I was kind of talking about. It's like time is creating a, a worse, you know, f- field for games, obviously. Um, but then there is the other stuff that kind of impacts that where people find, you know, they're, they're just looking who do, who did something this way. And we're not giving them the grace to kind of try different things. And that's where I really like um Obviously, there's there there is things that out there that they're trying to combat that, like Xbox Game Pass. Everybody can subscribe to it, and you get a plethora of games all varied, and you don't have to just wait for this formula to come out. You can try something different if you have the time. It's just finding the time now. It's like finding the time and creating a a a good way to kind of weed through it all. Um, that might be something I do. I don't know because this it just seems as if there is not a really good source to go to right now to find unique experiences outside of just you know searching on your own. 
Um, mm-hmm. A lot of stuff don't get bubbled up to the top. There is just too much out there. It's very, it's just, it's too much. So, um, but we'll see, you know, I think I want to leave it there because for time's sake, unless I, I think JVZ is still driving. Um, so I'm not sure if he's going to chime in on this one, but um, if he does, I'll just cut it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess some more focused topics outside of that. Anything before we move on, uh, Josh, that you wanted to say on that? Lasting words? Uh, no. Um, I mean, if you, if you like a game, you'll make time for it, but I just don't like games exploiting, exploiting that. Like, the multiverses, I was just going to say, like, that's the one game I'm most disappointed in. <laughs> Yeah, just I mean, it, they, it they like took the formula. Took the fun out of it. Yeah, that took the fun out of it a lot because um, it was truly one of those games that we were all excited to play daily. And it's not that the game isn't fun anymore, and they keep or they are still updating it. It's just that you have to have some incentive to play it, and the incentive being to just jump on daily to finish the patches, and you barely get rewarded for it. It doesn't feel good to play. It just feels as if you're wasting your time. Um, it has to have some type of incentive loop, some type of something that will allow you to feel good that your time is being spent there. And right now it just doesn't have it. So, um, but that is another thing, like I said, because we have been conditioned to think that we need to be rewarded in that way and that the battle pass should be there. Maybe they didn't even want to have a battle pass. Maybe they want that game to be 60 bucks. And they just didn't care about any of these aspects because they just knew that they had a good formula on their hand. We're forcing them to 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 go into a mode that they may not even be interested in. But because this is the norm, they have to, especially when it comes to free to play games. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot, you know, it's a lot to dissect. But overall, um, we still want certain things to be in place in multiverses. Um, shooting them bail ain't going to save it. We just need to, you know, get, get better at our expectation setting and really enjoying the game for what it is. That's why I don't like everything about apex legends is hitting all the cylinders that I like. And yet I'm still bored. It's, it's the same thing, you know, (laughs) it's like, uh, you, there is, there is a, a such thing as burnout, but there is also a such thing as just being becoming less and less enthused by the things that you used to chase. So, yeah. Um, I mean, real quick, like that to, to your point of, I guess, I, I guess I can't say to your point, but if they, if they don't want to make the game $60 and stuff like that, I still feel like to some capacity, they should be courteous at time, whether they try to, set like some type of like my bad brought a background they set some type of like marker like you should be here like even if it's just something like you complete a battle pass in like 50 hours or something like that i mean it's just kind of it's just one of the things like what josh was saying you don't feel rewarded when you're playing multiverses versus when you're playing a different game i just feel like i don't know i just feel like some of that stuff ain't cool and it's like a detractor and stuff i know you say you get tired of apex you might just go ahead and pay the rest of the money to complete the battle pass i just feel like to some capacity, it should be some form of they shouldn't have to spend a hundred hours to complete the battle pass. Like they shouldn't have to spend fifty because this game doing X, Y, and Z. I mean, of course, you can always get into like playtime and how much 
you actually in game with the, you know what I'm saying, all that type of stuff. But yeah. at bare minimum, they should have some type of, I don't want to say benchmark, but like, hey, we got to try something different because like people not completing this battle pass and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know. It's like I said, it, it's a lot of battle passes out there and stuff like that. And they might just be conforming with the market because like you said, they might want the game to be really $60 or something like that. Shoot, might even 70 but I mean, you know, that's that's just my standpoint though. Yeah, it's it's all about retention. Um, and I agree. So there's just a there's just a few things that I think we have been condition conditioned to think is value. Um, when truly it cannot be. Sometimes it can't. It's not. Like we have been conditioned to believe that uh leveling up in games that are like um there's no impact to gameplay. There's simply impact to cosmetics and like skins and filling the feeling of reward versus an actual true reward. Um, it has become convoluted. So even if their battle pass was amazing and the level of leveling up was great, they have to either combat boredom quicker or they have to combat the feeling of frustration of not being rewarded. There's like this weird balancing act and everybody is failing in my opinion at it. Um, So regardless of what their problem was going to be, it was going to be a problem. It's not, it's no longer a, um, it's no longer to the point where these games are fulfilling the needs that we are desire desiring right now. They're like, they're not fulfilling the need at this point, even though we can pretend like they are, if they have these check boxes, but they aren't because at least I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking about us three. We have, um, we have, we have dropped off a lot of things and we have stopped playing a certain, a lot of things over the last two to three years. Um, and it's, and it's not because we don't like games. <laughs> it, it's just more so about what we have become accustomed to and what we find f- actually fun. Like games that have come out that were mechanically fun, we played. But then the other stuff card coming in and we was like, well, why? Why is this not the same? Or why is this not the why is this not working like this? Why is it not like this experience over here? When truly we should just be playing, is the game still fun? Yeah, the game is still fun. But because we have these things that check boxes in our mind that have to be hit, it kind of creates that narrative that this isn't good enough to play. But in all reality, it could be. It's just more so it needs more time to be spaced out and, and characters need to be in there. Like the variety. You, we know a good game from a bad game. Easy, right? It's not like it's hard to tell. Um, so... Overwatch 2 is a prime example, and I'm going to leave it at that because we got to move on. Prime Overwatch 2, um, Overwatch 1, I was not interested in it. Overwatch 2, I'm very much interested interested in it. Has more variety, has more characters, have more things to shake up the meta, but they need more health support. That's like one of the biggest things that they're, they're dealing with right now. They need more health people. So the problems never they they have other problems. They went away, but a problem is a problem. Regardless, their problems are still going to come. And once they resolve all of those issues, then you have a polished game. 
there is no no reason why Overwatch 1 shouldn't have the same player base as Overwatch 2, but simply the difference in the mechanics and how they actually market the game free to play versus 60. That's the difference. It's it's really just it's that simple. It's like they Anyways, uh, that, I don't want to spend too much time on it. I think we got our point across. I don't want to confuse people. Let's move on. The um, last thing I want to talk about is um, Xbox Game Pass. Um, well, Xbox had the opportunity to <laughs> to to get Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact um, is a free to play game, isn't it? Right, Josh? It's free to play, right? Yeah. So it's a free to play. Um, Breath of the Wild uh, clone. Yeah, I mean, all of our topics kind of fell right into each other, which is crazy to me. But Genshin Impact is another one of those games where it's on a lot of platforms. It's a mobile game, too. And it has these formula, formulaic uh, ideas and tropes behind it that people enjoy. There's Is there loot boxes? Or is it like... Um, Pay to win, pay skins. I thought I think it's loot box. I think you actually do get. Yeah, it's uh, it's gems in the game. Every quest you beat, um, not every quest, but every big story quest you beat, it gives you like some gems. The gems can be used to buy. I forget what they call, but basically loot boxes and loot boxes sometimes have weapons or characters in them. And the let's say you get a character that you like, you get the newest character uh, that came out the characters at level one to level up that character and unlock their other abilities, like their other passives and their other abilities. You have to unlock another version of that same character in a different loot box. So you, the whole loop is go out, do missions, get gems, buy a loot box. Oh, it's not the character that you want uh, and do it again. And the whole point is that you have to get your characters to level like you have to get that character five times to unlock all the that character's abilities and then to do the you know in-game meta stuff because without it your level one character can't do the in-game meta stuff um so that's the whole point they keep making characters that people like they like the art style or they like their personality or whatever and i'll say graphically it is pretty like flashy with all the moves and stuff but it is kind of a um it is gambling at the end of the day. It is pay to win gambling. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of people, when they first came out, was like, you'll have a lot of fun for the first 40 hours because it has a lot of system and mechanics that are very sound. But then after that, it's like pay to win. You have to do certain things to get into the end game. And that's where it's going to bog you down and slow you down. Um, and that is where you know, these games kind of break for me where, um, where they add in the additional things like Genshin impact was probably just a tell of a rise until they put all the gambling stuff in it. And then they became this. Uh, and then, I mean, obviously this is massively popular. I cannot, I'm not going to crap on something I never played or have, um, jumped into, but from the style artistically and everything I'm looking at, this is, Tales of Arise to me. Um, maybe Tales of Arise is a little bit more mechanically sound, but overall, it seems as if this is a one of those action um, RPGs 
where you run around and you do quests and you gain money and you kind of build be the story and you kind of get these characters and you understand the lore a little bit more so um but anyway the the whole topic of this was that Xbox was going to buy it do you think do we think that this was a miss or do we actually think that that like no one it doesn't really matter like Genshin Impact is only on the PlayStation right and or is it uh, PlayStation the- PC and mobile okay PlayStation PC and mobile um it has not come to the Xbox nor has it come to the um Switch I'm trying to look up Kenshin's Impact's player base. I wonder where their where their player. It's a Chinese um, company. So they have about sixty three million average monthly players. Uh, it's still the most talked about game on Twitter. Yeah, so it was a swing and a miss. I, even if I don't play this game, I never touched it. I mean, I had the opportunity to play this game plenty of times. I still didn't touch it. This is, There's a market. There's a market for it. I don't know how much money PlayStation has made, but based off these average numbers of people, um, yeah, Xbox took an L by not taking a, taking advantage of it. Um, yeah. From, from a business sense, they missed out on it because it is a whale, like mm-hmm. a whale's game, and they'll just make you know loads and loads of money every month when they drop a new character or whatever. Um, I I don't know. I'm I kind of in a weird place on it where I feel like that's good to like make money. I don't know if they could stand like the negative PR around it, like yeah. the same way like PlayStation can, um, because. That game is legit gambling. I'm pretty sure in some places they they're gonna be sued for it. But any negative press that will come like down for Microsoft, it kind of like looks really bad on them because uh, mm-hmm. they don't have you know best press <laughs> in the world. Um, yeah. But at the same time, the actual game that they're playing, I would also say I didn't miss much because there's not much quality content there. I would say, yeah. um, like I know people the the fans will will love it and they'll they'll keep coming back but it's not revolutionary as far as like its gameplay um so it is weird i think that if if microsoft can find another game that can be just as popular and pop off in the future they should invest in it mm-hmm. but i think it's okay to be selective but i don't know it is probably just... still an l cuz they they missed out on how much money you can make from it was that I, I think Square Enix put out like a a global thing about how they want to now bring their games, and they felt like it was just being. I don't know if the tweet was real. Basically, I'm trying to figure out. Basically, they were talking about how they they are, and it's not that they regret, but they they have focused on the the Japan um, region for too long, basically, and they don't want to become a global. They don't want to um, stick with the um they no they no longer want to just do business in Japan they want to become global and um meaning that basically i felt like I, my understanding was that they were high, they were basically keeping all their good games stuck on the PlayStation 
and they're probably going to try to delete release more games on the Xbox now or on other consoles and other um, platforms like mobile and stuff like that. Did you see that or am I tripping? I'm trying to find it. Um, I didn't see that, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can believe it. Square Enix is a weird one because like they had Tomb Raider, but then they didn't like do a good job with the franchise and end up selling it. Same thing with like Avengers, like they tried that. Um, so I don't know how they're going to like exactly expand other than maybe like, you know, give the insomniac, uh, final fantasy and let them make a game or something. I don't know, (laughs) but, um, hopefully they, they can do something better than what they have in the past. Okay. Well, yeah, I was just seeing it, and I, I couldn't really find the original source of it, so I was like, I don't know if this is real. Um, but I honestly, the ideal behind it, the understanding behind it, is that they're just trying to become more of a a true global player. Um, Square Enix kind of sold off all of their um, Montreal, and I think what they're going to do is kind of build a brand around Square Enix being a global company now and not just having counterparts everywhere scattered i mean it doesn't make sense to do that that way and just rebrand the entirety of the games but they i think that is what they're gearing up to do because they have sold off a lot of stuff lately all their western stuff it just seems as if they're just like cutting ties i'm, I'm trying to I, I i am under the belief that they're more so focusing on their bigger popular games and bringing it to more consoles than just one that will make sense to me but I mean, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, um, Xbox kind of fumbled it a little bit. Honestly, the bad press, you were right. I think they couldn't withstand that at this point. Um, especially I think the Genshin impact was one of the more earlier games on the PS five, right? Yeah. It's like 2020 when it came out. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't have been the best. <laughs> for them to do it uh but you know playstation is just gonna be playstation so um regardless of what they do they're probably gonna still be on top uh but yeah that's pretty much it um that's all we have time for this week i want to um let you guys say any last things before we kind of get up out of here anything y'all want to get off your chest anything you want to add before we go i know it's spooky season 29th Got a few days till Halloween. Actually, mm-hmm. I never asked y'all what y'all do over Halloween. Unless y'all even celebrate it. I know I'm um, going to. No, yeah. I don't have any any plans here. Um, you ain't gonna make her, you gonna dress her up or... as a pumpkin? You're not dressing her up as a pumpkin, though? I don't know. We ain't got nowhere to go. Because, like, Japan, most people that celebrate Halloween are just people that go out to, like, parties. But there's no, like, uh, trick-or-treating or anything like that, so... Um, I mean, it's not a reason to dress up my daughter, so. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you missed an opportunity, Gene. We got them as Mike Wazowski and um, Sully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Next year. Next year. Yeah. I was going uh I want to buy. uh some devil horns for my dog and walk around with him. But, um, 
I did. I just hear. I'm here. I want to see him. <laughs> the the oh okay, yeah that, that was funny. We took them to the um, we took them to the zoo. They had like some event um, where they was like Halloween costumes and stuff. And um, Aiden was not impressed. He just kept sitting there. Mm-hmm. there. Uh, and uh, the goats didn't impress him. The tiger didn't impress him. He's just like, man, what is all this? I think he was getting like information overload. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, but okay. Well, I, I don't really got much else. I want to thank you guys for listening. If you got to this part of the show, you the real OG. Um, so thanks again. And you can always find these wherever you listen to podcasts, honestly. I'm going to give me a soundboard. I need me an intro and I need me an outro. Uh, so I can go ahead and get real. So I can really start getting busy up here. But um, again, thank you guys for listening. Um and we will talk to you guys in the next one. Was that next week? Yeah, next week. Peace.